0: Los la the Daily Hustle, So Enrique Barnes, the President of the Mejor Cerveza. No abate porno fielder network. Miguelito San Diegoito, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels, as he's known in Savannah. But, dead or alive, job or no job, with us or not with us, we properly salute our boy. Yes, 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 Woo. Remember this folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. (laughs) A very pleasant good morning to you on the third day of October, 2023. We are sponsored by 818 tequila. That's right. Look at this bottle. One of the most beautiful things you will ever see. This is a good shit. So go ahead and pick yourself up some extra Anejo. uh, Wherever you would be getting that. And on that note, Joe Booney's refill. That's it. So uh, our great partners at 818. You guys got the Addy. All right. So uh, the other title sponsor we cannot forget it. it's kt tape that's right and i actually can see the audience view now so let me see though no, this way this way hold on pull it back this is really weird man oh there it is that's the qr code get yourself some skin prep wipes uh of, of course you can't forget the pro oxygen tape this is what actually decreases the inflammation by promoting blood flow to the area and for the hard chargers that hit the trails the pavement all the above you're going to need some blister prevention this is the starter kit as i like to say but never forget to take care of your package the chase safe anti-chafing wipes maximum chafing protection fast application sweat and water resistant. we are also. If it sounds like I have a rock in my mouth it's because I do. <laughs> uh not sponsored by Reed's Butterscotch. Uh this these are so good. So I went into the Soda Pop Shop uh, yesterday. I got a horchata soda. And I I do it well do it. I when we go by there Every day when I take biscuit to DT which is dynamic training and I figure if there's a time where you're going to get a soda or candy or whatever that is uh it after he has spent an hour and a half getting loose in the weight room and doing the agility stuff really super cool. I people ask me a lot like what I recommend for kids when it comes to playing multiple sports you know even if the kids say for example is one sport specific or two sports specific i'm like look the bottom line with the development of athletes and just in general whether there are kids or someone else's kids is overall athleticism it's everything so if you do have a kid that plays a lot of baseball or skis a lot say for example like biscuit one of the most important things is to make sure that the overall athletic movements are developed through action and that is dynamic training it is everything for the most part at this point is body weight really uh, light sort of activities the box jumps all of it but it is i think one of the most critical things for the development of all of the kids now on top of that too the whether it's football or basketball or hockey like man I would take your kid, a kid, any of our kids, and recommend that they play as many sports as possible. Now, the argument coming back towards me would be, "Dude, Bernsey, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? I have three kids going three different directions, and they have travel this and travel that. Dude, not everything has to be that intense. It doesn't. The flag football that we're experiencing right now, I think, is one of the greatest things that we've ever done. It was... I say we, I mean, it's, you know, tear side biscuit up for this thing. And he's doing it with a couple of kids that he skis with. I remember some of my, like, best moments. We'll play flag football when I was a kid. There was nothing better. And if you think about what that does with the overall athletic mobility and everything else, and it's just, that's good. So even if you do have a kid that just happens to be specializing in gymnastics i'm just trying to think of the sports that seem to be these all in sports from a very young age tennis was when i was a kid gymnastics was when i was a kid golf was when i was a kid they were the specialty sports before specialization even occurred now it's bled into the team sports where they even have flag football leagues colton was showing me this that are travel flag football teams. He's like, look, what? And he pulls up a video of the number one, I'm not shitting you on this, seven U flag football team in the country. It was pretty cool. It's pretty impressive to watch. But anyhow, all right. The uh, Daily Hustle quote of the day People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily, Zig Ziglar. Daily hustle translation of this each day we have an opportunity to seek out motivation and then inspire others by passing it on. Just like we fuel our bodies with nutrition, in order to perform at full potential, it's imperative we feed our minds and surround ourselves with ass kicking people, places, and things that motivate actions, which inevitably add real value to our lives trivia question of the day the mlb postseason starts today and there is only one team that has won the world series from three different home cities who are they my first thought here Was actually the A's Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Oakland. I went and looked it up. The A's, although they've won nine World Series championships in Philadelphia, five in Oakland, four in Kansas City, zero. So the actual team that has pulled this off, the Braves, once as the Boston Braves in 1914. So I would not have guessed this. And I definitely would have never guessed that in 1957, the Milwaukee Braves won a World Series title. And then the Atlanta Braves in 1995, and I believe 2021. I actually wrote this in the email that I sent out to all the Daily Hustlers. By the way, go to ericburns.com if you want to sign up for the Daily Hustle email. I'm going to try to merge the two. It's sort of been one or the other. Back in the day when I first started the Daily Hustle podcast and I come on here and I do like a five minute bit, just talk about the message of the day. And then that was it. It was really easy to do both. Now that we're doing 47 minute shows here on No Filter Network and then across all these other platforms, a lot of the focus has gone into just making sure we try to prepare for this and nail this as well as possible. But there definitely is a correlation and it is nice to get that email, which sort of organizes a lot of this stuff. So that's ericburns.com. If uh, you're there and just uh, browsing around, you might see a advertisement for the foot reflexology board. That is the thing that I stand on each and every single morning. At least seven minutes, many times I go up um, to as much as 20. And same sort of thing as a KT tape. Look, you're promoting blood flow through the body. It's stimulating our immune system, like so many crazy great benefits. We are waiting for those to arrive in San Diego. I'm going to put terror on it once again. Hopefully they arrive today. They were supposed to arrive September 23rd. Did not arrive. So we're waiting for a big-ass pod. To show up at Amanda Panda cans of Worms house, it has all the books, it has all the footboards, and everything. So pick yourself up a Daily Hustle 222 Unfiltered Life Guidance from a human crash test dummy. Just fun stories, a lot of them about my life, a lot about other people's lives, but they're all uh, let's just say surrounded by inspiration, nuggets of wisdom, all sorts of things to help us. In our daily lives. All right. The. Life optimization. By the way. Don't sleep on the A's. Pulling that off. When they get to Las Vegas. I'm. Cautious in saying this. But I am going to. Call. A. Twenty. 28 World Series champion, Oakland Athlete, excuse me, Las Vegas Athletics. And no, I'm not fucking around. I am very serious. Look, the A's have a lot of really smart people. They're a fantastic organization. I and mean, if they get their shit together and they end up, you know, moving to Vegas and taking care of all of the little things they need to, and in the meantime, they're going to suck ass and accumulate these draft picks. It's the same way we've seen these teams, say, for example, the Baltimore Orioles go from being one of the last place teams to being the second best team in baseball this year. As a matter of fact, there were three teams that lost 100 games. Three teams. Think about that lost a hundred games just two years ago. And now here they are, the Orioles, D-backs, Rangers, and the Pirates were the other one. The Pirates actually had a pretty good year. This was just two years ago. So this isn't rocket science when it comes to figuring out a formula to have success at the big league level. The Astros showed everybody. And I don't want to use the word tank but you're not gonna overly invest in a team that you know is not gonna make the playoffs, but you will you will invest in draft picks, you will invest in international free agent signs that then get you to this position. So you had these teams. I mean, it's it's insane to think the Orioles and the Diamondbacks lost 110 fucking games just two years ago. In 2014, I believe that was a year is when Sports Illustrated declared the 2017 World Series champion, Houston Astros. And everybody laughed. Everybody thought it was going to be a joke. So take a look at this article here. We'll kick off the the show. A lot of baseball today. Go over the Monday night football debacle a little bit from last night. But we have the playoffs are starting at 12 noon Pacific time. It says here the first three teams are all headed to the postseason this year. This is the first time that multiple 100 loss teams from the same season have made the playoffs either one or two years after hitting that century mark, let alone three. And 2021 has now produced. If you're wondering if this is good for baseball, it is. Because to see the quick turnout reminds me of the NFL a little bit. There is parity where your team may suck one season and then all of a sudden, boom, you come back. Usually, that is not the case in baseball. And then to see it happening with these smaller market teams, yeah, that matters. I mean, especially, Look, the Rangers, that seemed to have put a little bit more of an investment into this thing. And they went out and got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, amongst others. But the D-backs have completely done it from within. Uh, A few signs here and there, but for the most part, you know Corbin Carroll has been the guy leading the charge. And then the Orioles, they've done it with like fucking six guys that they have brought up internally that are now these emerging superstars, including Rookie of the Year Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Adley Rutschman is another one. But it says, prior to 2023, 10 teams – total had reached the postseason after losing 100 games in the year prior or the one before that isn't that crazy only 10 in the history of baseball of those two won the world series the 1969 mets 101 losses in 1967 the 1914 boston braves the second time we've mentioned them on the Daily Hustle this morning, 101 losses in 1912. Of the eight to make the postseason in the divisional era, since the playoffs expanded in 1969, one other reached the World Series beyond the aforementioned Mets, and that was the 2008 Braves. Narrowing the list further, the D-backs became the third team in MLB history to go from a 110-loss season to a playoff berth in a three-season span, joining this year's Orioles. And here we go again, the 2013 to 2015 Houston Astros. And then they ended up winning the World Series in 2017. Save the trash can jokes, by the way. Of the three teams that we're discussing this year, the Orioles have added distinction of having an Eclipse the 100 win mark. Okay. Yeah, they're the first team in MLB history to go from a 110 loss season to a 100 win in a three season span. The only other team to even go from 100 plus losses to 100 wins in such a short period of time was the 67 to 69 New York Mets. It says, no matter how you slice and dice it, there's always hope. Baseball. Is the best. I'm going to agree with that. It does create hope. Uh, that's a, it's just a really cool thing. So uh, I want to get into one other thing here. Chris Young, all the respect in the world for this guy, was an elite pitcher back in his days, like 6'10, 6'11. Went to Princeton. He played basketball. Uh, pitcher, longtime pitcher for the Rangers, the Padres just a top competitor really hard for me to hit i had an issue of getting on top of the fastball that he was throwing at 83 miles per hour that looked like it was coming in at 110 so he is now the general manager of the texas rangers and he's done a fucking fantastic job putting this squad together he just seems to have the right mentality he hired Bruce Bochy so here's this super analytical guy and this is what you have to remember this is the yin and yang of life this is where Farhan needs to go if you ask me Chris Young is a ball player himself but he's also a fucking brainiac right crazy crazy smart crazy analytical so he does know though that in order to get the most out of his team that he's pieced together, there needs to be a blend between the old school gut instinct sort of manager and the analytics. So he goes out and he hires Bruce Bochi. He was a missing link to this team. And now here we are. <laughs> They're on the brink of potentially winning a world series. Now, I don't know if they could pull it off. They've limped into the postseason, but they were fighting down the stretch. Um, They were chasing this AL West title. They definitely were in pole position to do so. They had to go into Seattle, who was still alive and fighting for a postseason berth themselves. So they lost the first two games of that series. And then they won the third, which clinched, their postseason birth. well in the meantime the Astros were in Arizona sweeping the Diamondbacks the Rangers all they had to do to win the AL West was split that series in Seattle it doesn't happen they lose three or four but it was enough they got into the postseason so there was a reporter for Houston, that question whether or not the Rangers party too hard, and we're happy with just the postseason birth as opposed to winning the American League West. Well, Chris Young then responded, and it, you know it makes a lot of sense. He says, "I find it ridiculous that that's even a subject." Honestly. This is the most professional, responsible group of players that I've ever been around. Well, that's because Chris Young used to hang out with degenerates like uh, our generation. Uh, We had a very subdued champagne popping, but beyond that, there was no partying. There was no outlandish, there was nothing outlandish, he said. The Rangers, 1972, secured their postseason appearance their first postseason appeared since 2016 with a 6 1 victory over the Mariners and needed another win on Sunday. Ori lost by the Astros to win the division, but 24 hours later, Texas's 1 0 loss to Seattle, coupled with an 8 1 victory over the Diamondbacks for Houston, handed the division crown to the Astros. Who did not miss a chance to jab at the Rangers with multiple posts on their official social media account? One Astros post to Social media included the caption, quote, we celebrate titles in Houston with a video of third baseman Alex Bregman telling his teammates, a lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Strohs didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. Oh, I love Bregman. The Astros were more muted in their post-game celebration on Saturday when they held a clubhouse champagne toast after clinching a postseason spot, but were still chasing the Rangers for the division title. Young specifically took exception to a social media post from Brian McTaggart, who covers the Astros for MLB.com and sparked a social media firestorm Sunday when he posted on Twitter or X, formerly Twitter. The Rangers partied last night while the Astros had a champagne toast and quickly turned their attention to Sunday. And one more win. Houston's been there, done that mentality, paid off, it seems. (laughs) Quote is pretty poor journalism to even suggest that. Honestly, Young told 105.3, the fan, I'm very disappointed in the lack of professionalism of the Houston journalists for putting that out there. It's classless and it's not appropriate and it's completely fabricated. It's wrong. Okay. First thing I'll say is this. Chris, don't even fucking respond. Why are we wasting our time? The Astros reporter, you know these guys, especially the beat guys, they're around the team. And so if they could take a shot here or a shot there, they're going to do it. Now, remember this. Houston is so used to getting battered, whether it's from the trash can incident or anything else. They They seem to be a target of everybody around major league baseball so yeah they take a couple shots the Bregman thing it's fucking funny there's no other way to put that he's he's right the Astros have been dominant in the AL West I don't know the last team to win the West nor does it really matter because of how great the Astros have been now all of that said who gives a shit and on top of that, I think if there was any form of professional journalism that actually did happen, it would be properly reporting that if the Rangers did party and go out and get fucked up and all of a sudden it's 30, 3 in the morning and they're in a basement club in Seattle somewhere, like... It used to happen back in the day. Uh, Yeah. Hey, realize this. When you go out in a rage like that, the next morning when you get up, you're running off adrenaline. So it wasn't ever that day or that game where you would struggle. It was actually the one after. And that, was an off day. So, if it makes sense to you guys at all, even if the Rangers went out and partied and partied and partied and partied, it wouldn't have mattered. That truly is the case. Ask anybody who's ever gone out and had too many adult beverages the night before a game. It's hardly ever, hardly ever that game that gets you. It's always the game after all right we have let's see here the top 12 teams also in major league baseball we're going to rank them as the playoff team now there's a couple different ways we can do this you can you mlb.com had an article that ranked the teams that were Going into the postseason. Uh, And then I actually grabbed another article. Because I'm like, look, number one, I'd rather do my own fucking ranking. But we have them ranked here by the odds to win the World Series. So on that note, let's get it. The 2023 World Series odds. The Braves enter the MLB playoffs as the favorite let's work backwards though and see if any of these bets may be worth making you have the Miami Marlins at plus five thousand bet ten dollars to win 510 bucks do yourself a favor go to the homeless guy on the corner and give him 10 bucks instead that's how much I think the Marlins are going to win the World Series the second one here. The Arizona Diamondbacks, 4000 So, bet $10 to win $410. Bucks. Look, do yourself a favor. Go bet $100 to win $4,100. Because there is a chance, there is a legitimate chance, that the Arizona Diamondbacks could pull this shit off. The Milwaukee Brewers. Another one here. They're plus two thousand. Bet ten dollars to win two hundred and ten dollars. So pretty soon you're going to see, but the people Salvation Army standing out in front of the supermarkets. It's about that time of year as you get in the holiday season. Yeah, drop your ten bucks in there because the Brewers ain't winning the World Series. Toronto Blue Jays. Bet ten bucks to win two hundred ten bucks. It's the same bet. Ah, yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and go for the hundred dollar bet on that one to win twenty one hundred because I think they have a chance. Minnesota Twins at plus eighteen hundred. Bet ten dollars to win one ninety. Yeah. Nah. Uh, You'd be better off ripping a $10 bill in half. The Texas Rangers don't sleep on them. There's plus 1800 as well. Yeah. This is a team that legitimately could win the world series. There's a chance that Max Scherzer comes back. I don't know if he's going to or not. Look, I did see though could return October 15th. So here we are on the third of October. You're telling me he could be healthy as you get into the championship series and the World Series, a boost there. Look, it's all about getting hot at the right time. The Rangers have the offense and the defense to get it done. The question is, do they have the pitching staff? I don't love the bet, but I think there's a chance. Tampa Bay Rays 1200 So it's basically betting $10 to win 130 Yeah, Meh, I don't know. The Phillies at plus 1,200, I think, would be a much better bet. This is a team that was in the World Series last year. It's a matter of going on that same hot stretch as they did. You got Bryce Harper, by the way, fined $5,000 for throwing his helmet in the stands. Somebody make sense of that to me, please. So Bryce Harper gets complete and totally screwed by Angel Hernandez. The worst call of the year, arguably. It really was. A check swing that looked like this. Like, it was a a flinch. He goes to argue. He gets thrown out of the game before he's even down there to argue, right? And then frustrated on the way back, fires his helmet in the stands, throws it up there. A 10-year-old kid gets it. The story goes viral. It is celebrated around the world as this what a cool thing as a price sign the helmet and everything else and then mlb Paul humbug comes down and says hey by the way not only are we going to find you for your injection and everything else here's here's a five thousand dollar bill on top of that for throwing your shit in the stands come on dude seriously five thousand bucks like You guys should be paying him $500,000 for that fucking PR move. That's ridiculous. If I'm Bryce on principle, I'm not paying that shit. And I understand what MLB is trying to do because they don't want guys throwing helmets into the stands. But if they're smart with this one, you could come out and announce that you're doing that, although it's a shitty PR move on your guys' part. I would have just sent a memo out to all Major League teams that will show up on players in their lockers on their seat out in front saying that you guys may have seen bryce harper his helmet in the stands oh yeah if this happens again it's it's 5k for anybody who does it so don't do that and then you could have kind of kept it silent or said hey look we appreciate bryce's gesture signing the helmet for the young fan but we can't have this. It's too much of a safety risk. Yeah, that's what they cited when they find them five thousand dollars. Okay, the next one here: the Baltimore Orioles plus seven hundred. Book it. This is the bet you want. Seven to one odds. This is a very realistic. Thing that could happen and i realize that for all of you gen zers that don't know the last time the baltimore orioles were ever good uh, i i get it and i understand but this team is fucking legit there's no other way to put it they have uh good bullpen they have good starting pitching they play defense they're they grind away at bats They're relentless. They're deep. This is a team that could very easily win the World Series. The team they're going to have to get by, though, is a team that's one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, the Houston Astros. They're plus 480. Wow. You could even stop there and just take the Astros at plus 480, and you could take the Baltimore Orioles at plus 700, just those two because it's my firm belief that one of the two one of those two teams is going to represent the American League in the World Series if they were to face the Los Angeles Dodgers who are plus 410 or the Atlanta Braves who are plus 260 which seems like a pretty decent number as well look the Braves if they get to the World Series are going to be like minus 200 whether they're facing the Astros or the Orioles. So if you want to get the Braves at plus 260 right now, fucking hop on it. The Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 410, look, it'd be hard, I'd be hard-pressed to say that anyone's coming out of the National League other than the Braves or the Dodgers, the same way I would say that about Houston or Baltimore. So if you took those four teams, think about this. Braves, Dodgers, Astros, or Orioles, and you put $100 on each of them, the only way that you would lose money then it would be 40 bucks that that would be it i take that back it would be 140 bucks no 40 is if the Braves won if the Dodgers won then look you invest 400 you're getting back 410 but part of that 100 okay now i'm trying to do math here what am i doing i don't know the bottom line is this I would take the Astros and the Orioles at plus 480 and plus 700. And both of them, if they get to the World Series, are going to be about plus 200 or maybe even less, especially if one of the two of them roll. I'd grab both of them. There you go. There are your top plays. If I were to rank them when it comes to 1 to 12, uh, I definitely, I would have the Marlins down there at the bottom. Then I would have the Brewers. Then I would have the Twins. Then the Diamondbacks. Then the Blue Jays. No, then the Rays. Then the Blue Jays. Then Philly. Uh, i put the Orioles, Astros, Dodgers, and Braves. I mean, I think they drilled the top. For. Uh, regardless it's going to be a fun playoffs here starting today at noon pacific time okay last night the giants new york football giants uh, put on an embarrassing display to say the least so peyton manning and eli are doing their alternative broadcast and during the quote-unquote dreadful Seahawks-Giants first half with, uh, apparently Eli and Peyton teamed up intentionally or unintentionally, pretty sure it was unintentionally, with this little Taylor Swift masterpiece. They said, after weeks of buzz surrounding Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's relationship, it appears Peyton and Eli are among the latest to be swept up by the craze. A lackluster first half of the Seahawks-Giants game left the Manning brothers looking for something else to discuss on ESPN's Cast with Seattle up 14-13 just for halftime. While the conversation could have gone anywhere, Eli opted to go for a joke about none other than Taylor Swift, which Peyton used as a chance to trash both teams. Quote, is Taylor Swift not at this game? I thought she goes to MetLife for all the New York games. So Taylor Swift obviously was there. The night before, when the Jets took on Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, and then Peyton replies, "Well, if she was at the game, she left." Well, wow, well, wow, wow. But it didn't stop there, because with the Giants losing twenty-four to three, it was then Joe Buck who said, it's gridlock getting out of here. And he was talking about the parking lot and everyone fleeing MetLife Stadium. Uh, Buck said, fans have seen enough. And then you had Troy Aikman's response, which was, it'll clear out in time for us. We'll just be strolling right down the road. It's the truth. So anyhow, look, the Giants are fucking terrible. I, that was really hard to watch. And I don't know. I do know that it, the offensive line is no bueno. But I would say that Daniel Jones at some point needs to get rid of the fucking football. Like, he's he's just got to do it, man. You can't keep holding on to the ball. Like, there's got to be. And I don't know if there's coaching because whether it's three-step drops or getting the boom, boom. Like, there's got to be something to counter that. Tom Brady was a fucking master at it. This guy wasn't a fleet of foot at all, but he would avoid sacks because he knew how to get rid of the football. Uh, on another note, by the way, and Hank made a No Filter, not Hank Caney, but, of course, Henry Markin, our social media director here at No Filter Network, made a video about this uh, yesterday. People can't stop talking about it. The Chiefs were uh up by what was it, three at the time. And Patrick Mahomes had the ball uh, less than two minutes ago. They're at this point, they're in clock management, they're running out the clock. But at the same time, another way to secure a victory is you run into the fucking end zone. Right? Game's over. Well. Mahomes is coming around the corner, and he decides to slide at the two-yard line. Ball game over. Great job. Well, if you back the Kansas City Chiefs, it was not a great job. Uh, You you pissed off betters everywhere. Now, they had a chance. My argument against KC backers, by the way, is that, yeah, sure, when you're up 17 to nothing, it seemed like you're fucking cruising with this thing. But once it was 20 to 20, you're thinking in your mind, like, there's no way – We're going to cover this. Well, sure as shit, get in. And it pissed off the entire world. So it says in week four, betting favorites winning dominated the slate. The favorites took 12 of 15 games. That's 80% while also covering against the spread at a 64% clip. However, one of the teams with the largest point spread served up arguably the worst bad beat of the week. On Sunday night football, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were eight-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Jets. Based on the recent disappointing play by Zach Wilson, the betting public heavily backed the defending Super Bowl champions heading into MetLife Stadium. Faced with a third-eight from the Jets' 11-yard line, which has two minutes remaining in the game, Mahomes evaded the Jets' pass rush and sprinted toward the goal line. However, the Jets were out of timeouts. The two-time Super Bowl MVP wisely slid down, at the Jets' two yard line instead of scoring an easy walking touchdown. Now, Patrick Mahomes got to understand. It. Look, when you have people betting on your team and you have people that have made a commitment to you to be their starting fantasy quarterback, you have a responsibility to fucking play your best, man. And I get it. You're a gazillionaire. You don't give a shit. Ah, this isn't about you. This is about the gamblers. This is about your backers. This is about the people that believe in you. You can't do them dirty like that, Patrick. That's terrible. So it says, following several kneel downs, Kansas City secured the win but failed to cover the point spread, resulting in tens of millions of dollars being shifted in favor of sportsbooks around the country. Ah, fuck. Of course, because everyone was on KC. While one elite quarterback Provided a bad beat. Another, not known for his rushing prowess, delivered one of the biggest wagering wins of the week. A better on X placed a $100 player prop wager on Chargers star signal caller Justin Herbert, scoring at least two rushing touchdowns against the Raiders. The Los Angeles star quarterback scored the game's first touchdown early in the first quarter on an elusive 12 yard scramble. When Herbert who did not score any rushing touchdown in 17 games last season, plunged in for a second time just prior to halftime, the investment cash. You ready for this? The $100 wager returned a total of $12,500. Ah, shit. That is brilliant. Because the other element of that is, like, if you come up with a half-yard line, a lot of times now, they just do that quarterback push. So even if he had zero last year, the push wasn't as prominent as it is now. If you're not doing the push, I, I think it's idiotic. Actually, heard, listen, to Herman Edwards talking about it yesterday because of a fourth down play, I don't know, maybe it was in that Chicago game where they're doing it out of the shotgun and it's like you're already four yards back with all this pressure coming at you. You can't do it that way anymore. And especially this push tush or whatever you want to call it, it's legal. So, why would you not be doing it? Uh, Some more betting uh, information here in week four. Betters witnessed home teams go seven and seven straight up while also owning a solid seven, six and one against the spread. Road teams now only own a slight 33 to 30 straight up, 52.4% edge while still posting a profitable 36-25-2 and two against the spread mark. It's a 59% clip. Betters watch the favorites post a strong 12-3 and three straight up and 9-5-1 and one against the spread mark, leaving underdogs with a slight 31-32, 50.8% edge on the season. Overall, games were lower scoring than oddsmakers expected with 8-7 uh, going to the under on the year. The under is now taking a small lead. It's not a small lead. I mean, it's 50, 35 and 27. The under is bad beats. Chicago betters dealt a horrible beat as the bears blow a 21 point lead. That is true. Chicago backers felt extremely comfortable when the bears jumped out 28 to seven uh, early in the third quarter. However, Russell Wilson, and the Broncos scored 24 unanswered so points in Chicago, their 14th consecutive defeat. Betters were Left stunned after Justin Fields fumbled, resulting in a stupid score that tied the game. Despite an incredible performance by Fields, the Broncos beat the Bears 31 28, spoiling all of the plus 140 money line action wagered on the Bears. Uh, another one that I had heard about yesterday, Zach Ertz, friend of the program, by the way, and this happens to anybody, his late touchdown drop. Uh, delivered a bad beat to the Arizona betters, trailing 35 to 16 with only seconds remaining in the game. The Cardinals were driving for a garbage time score. Arizona's Joshua Dobbs fired a perfect pass to Zach Ertz at the San Francisco three-yard line. The normally reliable veteran pass catching talent let the ball slip right through his hands for what would have been an easy touchdown. The Cardinals, who were the biggest underdogs, plus 14 and a half of week four, brutally came up short. Of an easy back door cover. Zach Hurts is a Stanford guy, by the way. And obviously, long-time tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Sportsbook earned vital decisions over public better. 74% of money uh, went on Miami. In that Miami Bills game, they were plus 135. And, of course, the Bills beat the snot out of them. 84% of the money on the over... Uh, for Minnesota, Carolina, and the Vikings uh, earned the low-scoring victory over the Panthers, 21-13, so the under cashed in their big time. Big week for Vegas. 69% of the money was on the Bengals. Joe Burrow and the Bengals got absolutely fucking roasted. So that obviously did not work out as they lost 27-3 to to Tennessee. 72% of the money was on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs escaped a 23-20 to 20 win, but failed to cover their spread. Obviously, we talked about that one. Lucky better goes 12-for-12 12 12 on an NFL parlay, winning $100,000 on a $100 waiver. One better who goes by the name Pushing Parlays on Instagram went 12-for-12 12 12 on an NFL parlay on Sunday. The investor correctly selected the Bills, Eagles, Vikings, Titans, Ravens, Rams, Bears, Chargers, Cowboys. And Jets, dude. So he had some heavy money line favorites. He had the Chargers minus 290, Cowboys minus 258, Eagles minus 440, Bills minus 142. So he did them all, not all money line. The Vikings, he took it minus four and a half. And then the Titans plus 130, the Ravens plus 105. Dude, that's a good ticket. And the Jets plus eight and a half. I mean, so much had to go right. So this is my barking alarm. Basically telling me it's time to shut the fuck up and we got to go. Uh, survivor pool recap in week four. Survivor pool contestants at Circa. Just one of my favorite spots in Vegas, by the way. Home of Barry's Steakhouse. If you have not been there, go. Our guy Barry from Nine Steakhouse back in the day in the Palms. We love you, dude. We'll See you shortly. Um, he selected, let's see, week four survivor contest at Circa in Las Vegas. Strongly selected San Francisco minus 14 and a half. That would have been a big one, of course should want to take the biggest spread each week if you can. Philadelphia over Washington. The Chargers over Las Vegas and Kansas City over the Jets. The attraction of using favorite teams is enhanced by the fact that Survivor Pools teams do not need to cover in week four of the NFL season. The 49ers-Eagles, Chargers, and Chiefs made up 80% of those selections in the $9.3 million contest. After all the heavy favorites emerged victorious, only around 3% of of the pool... we're knocked out due to various other games so there's the betting landscape look Thrill and I are on tonight at 6.05 p.m pacific time we have the games starting at 12 p.m today and we'll be running through uh all the way through our deuces wild show basically so join us tonight deuces wild reserve your ticket in the no filter network stream right now hit the knock button come on to the screen fire away in the chat all of it that's it everyone have a fantastic day daily hustle back at you tomorrow see